It just wouldn't be Christmas on the filibuster freestyle without the all-time leader in listens for an episode ever back on the show. That's right, everybody. It's your buddy Gavin, keeping you in suspense on the filibuster freestyle. Who is that person? The great Ann Kennedy Sullivan. How are you? My lady, good to see you. Never been better. It's great to be here, Gav. Thanks for being here during this kind of uh, end of fall, beginning of winter, you know, from a solstice standpoint, December 18th, Jamboree. We're going into the Christmas season, the holidays, as some would say, and whether you celebrate Hanukkah or anything else, Kwanzaa, uh, the winter solstice as a holiday. Uh, happy, happy whatever to you and yours out there. But this is going to be a Christmas-themed episode. Um, I alluded to Anne being the all-time leader. That would be the all-time single-episode leader. The most listened-to podcast ever in the history of the show was when last year you and I did the top three and bottom three Christmas songs and Christmas movies of all time. So a year later, how are you feeling about being the all-time single-episode leader, Anne? I definitely attribute it to the subject matter and not to the guest star on the show, Gav. It's well, all about you setting the table. The good news is that not only am I coming back to the well to have you on for a Christmas-related show, but I've already primed the, the, the masses with a show I put up yesterday from Carl Ray in which he and I did like a rock and roll alternative like bro out your Christmas party playlist mixtape show yesterday. So that's already up on Filibuster Freestyle's uh, Facebook page, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Um, and then you and I are going to get into the five best and five most frustrating Christmas traditions of all time. And what's great about that is that this is the, one of the first shows we've actually used the pundits and the listeners to vote on what their things are. And we're going to assess their voting, and have our own little comments. So I'm hopeful this might be maybe the new all-time most listened to. So to the fans out there, help Ann out, help her keep her title into another year. And uh, again, um, I do digress, but Ann, what was the thing... Okay, the last time you were on, let's just jump back in. You helped me cover both the Republican and Democratic national conventions. And on the pre-show, you mentioned that you got everything all wrong. And I'm going to let you address that because it actually plays into the topic for today's show in an indirect way. So go for it. Well, I felt it was only fair to acknowledge for your listeners and for you and myself, obviously, that along with pretty much 99.9% of the media, the country, I got the election all wrong. (laughs) 100% wrong. Uh, Although the fact Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, I'm feeling like I got that right. I thought more people would vote for her than voted for Donald Trump, so I got that right. Yeah, they just, um, they just weren't in the right uh, they weren't in the right electoral college places. Right, they were all they were all wrong geographically for my prognostications to be correct. Gotcha. So, well, I'll tell you what, uh, just t- taken about there. For just me, well, first all of all, way, way to be way to own up to it, way to be a gracious kind of or you know a. You're standing by your you're standing by your uh, your analysis, and you're saying mea culpa, which nobody on CNN was doing, nobody <laughs> on Fox News is doing. So already the filibuster freestyle punditry has a, a higher grade of credibility in my mind. Yeah, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Correct. No doubt. And the reason I had you bring that up, besides to you know to, to own up to it, and I wasn't going to ask you to do that because frankly, <laughs> again, not the only person who didn't see that one coming, but. 
when we talk about the five best and five most frustrating Christmas traditions, I think one of them is when you're trying to have a nice dinner and somebody decides that they're going to bring up politics because that's going to go great. No, it's not. It's not going to go great. <laughs> at least one. Just dropping a bomb. At least right one person's going to. At least gonna... one person is going to flip a table, proverbially or literally, in the living <laughs> yes. room. So um, the let, metaphorical damage. Let's just, start with yeah. that. All right. Before we get into this, I do want to talk about the places listening because it's continuing to be an interesting trend. And um, United States of America most listens last week. That's great. But we had an emphatic silver medal for the first time ever from the nation of Spain. Really? Buenos dias, amigos. That's phenomenal. Um, Were you talking about football? I must admit I missed last week. No, I mean, we, we have not done a lot of soccer action in a while here. Um, okay. And then the bronze medal, very even more outlandishly, uh, or I guess I'd say just kind of random, is the Philippines. Bronze medal last week. So Very nice. And then if we want to get into the, into the cities that are listening the most, you've got New York City, you've got Los Angeles, you've got Barcelona, Three places I, I, that are near and dear to my heart for various reasons. Um, Barcelona, mainly for the Iberian ham. Jamon, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Barcelona again? In Have fact, I was, in, I was in Barcelona uh, in the beginning of August, so it was phenomenal. That's right, you went recently. But I don't know anybody there who's like listening to the show suddenly now, eight month, four months later. So Right, and you're not really like hashtagging Barcelona, tagging it. Not a lot. It. I mean, not that I don't want to. I love that place. But anyway, and then the top two towns were Walpole, Mass. So clearly my parents were listening a lot. And then for the third, <laughs> for the third week in a row, Ashburn, Virginia has won again. And I don't know if you caught the episode in which somebody in Ashburn, Virginia listened to 143 episodes of the filibuster freestyle in one week. <laughs> That's amazing. Which, which, by the way, there's only 130, like, five episodes, which means they doubled up on a few. Doubled up on a couple, okay. So my point, my point a couple weeks ago was, I don't know who you are or when you fell asleep listening to the show, but thanks for letting it run. But they but keep, thanks for letting your device keep on playing. Right, but he or she or they keep listening, albeit in much more modest chunks now. Um, <laughs> and as Andrew Patterson called, called out a couple weeks ago, I'm going to keep mentioning them as, as long as they keep, one, leading the pack, and two, until they identify themselves. And I want, I want your take, though. I want your take. Are these burgeoning super fans, or is somebody, like, compiling a federal case against me? What's your take on that? <laughs> Absolutely fandom, Gav. There's no doubt. It's fans. Well, all I know, and I know you haven't seen a lot of movies, but if you've seen The Natural with Roy Hobbs, a.k.a. Robert Redford... Please don't be the lady in black who shoots me in my hotel room during the montage of me crushing it. I don't want that. <laughs> I think you just went ahead and planted the seed, though. That's cool, too. But here's the thing. If I go down, we'll know the answer. <laughs> true, true. There will be no question as I'm to I'm trying happened. to reverse jinx the jinxing of the jinx. Anyway, all right. So let's... let's... Well, I, I got to give a little shout-out to, to the state of Texas. This, hoping that we'll get some listeners from the great state. Well, I'll tell you and what. If you go ahead, if you share, if you share this podcast, I'm sure the Lone Star State will come in hot. Hot. We'll definitely get a few. Yeah, because there's San Marcos, and then there's the Austin San Antonio Metro. I'll tell you so, what. I mean, that's a lot of folks. Two fast-growing areas of this great nation of ours. Um, all right, let's get into the, the the meat and potatoes of the episode, which are we asked all the filibuster freestyle pundits and experts and some of the fans to vote on. What ended up being about 11 different traditions or things that happened during the Christmas season. And I'm going to review the votes and we're going to kind of talk about those and see if any of them are in yours. But essentially, we asked the, pund the punditry, 
what are your least favorite Christmas traditions? And we threw a few out there, as the freestyle does, and then we, we allowed people to add their own, and they could vote for as many as they wanted, okay? So I'm going to go in reverse order, and I'd love your comments on each, and we can see where this goes. And then we'll get into our favorite traditions personally. Absolutely. All right, so this is one that I threw out there that nobody voted for, including myself, but creepy claymation Christmas kids movies. Alliteration aside, no one, no one cared. No one... No one's scared of the heat miser, and I just don't like them, but I didn't want to be the only person to vote for it. Well, I don't, I don't think they're creepy. I don't think they're, they're great, but I don't think they're creepy either. Okay, so you're, and, and, and true, true to form, no one voted for it, which means they all kind of feel like it's at least a meh. Right. <laughs> okay. It's a meh. Yeah. All right, another one, another one that got zero votes was people who literally still try to kiss you underneath the mistletoe. Um... That's fine. I mean, I have no problem with people kissing on the mistletoe or not. I threw it out there as a topic. No one bit. Any, any thoughts on mistletoe? Um, well, I feel like when people get drunk, they don't mind kissing under the mistletoe. And a lot of times you're at a party where there's mistletoe and there's drinking and it's just all this bonhomie and, you know, festive. And bonhomie. Nice reference. Good word. Yeah, good word. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, the, the overall positive connotation surrounding mistletoe, I, yeah, I don't think you're going to get a lot of hits on the negative. Okay, yeah, good point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the choices was fruitcake with three exclamation points. <laughs> um, 3%. I got a few hits. Yeah, right? 3%, 3% of the voters did not, did not enjoy fruitcake. Do you have any hot takes on fruitcake? Do you, do you know any of its origin? Like, why is fruitcake a Christmas thing? Back in the day, they put so much like sugar and spices in it, so it didn't go bad. Yep. And it was one of the few things that you could have that would, I don't know, it has to do with uh, the lack of refrigeration in like medieval times. Uh, so it was, almost like, it was almost like salting your fish, eh? Right, right. Okay. Something like that. Cool. Okay. I have no no real problem with fruitcake. I don't eat it. I don't hate it. It is what it is, you know? I let, my mom actually makes some pretty good fruitcake. She said... This one every year, I always eat it, so I like it. Wow, I like her. Wow. I don't like all of the cake, but I like her. How about this? Your mom on the on the freestyle getting love for sending and getting her fruitcake devoured by the fam. I love it. That's great. Oh, yeah, my mom will be appearing again in the most favorite traditions category, so don't worry. Oh, Mrs. good. Kennedy, oh, good. Well, I, since I know your mom and your dad and enjoy them both, that's great news. Um, okay, another um, this is another one that had exclamation points in it. Uh, it was yams. Why do we still eat yams at Christmas dinner? Um, and that's probably the last time I'm going to scream today, but that got 5.3% of the vote. So a few people, including my brother and Andy Maslin, do not like yams. <laughs> Why did you call them yams and not sweet potatoes? Is there a difference? I think, I don't know. See, this, this is, this is the problem. Like if you call them sweet potatoes, which have become like in the last five years, a delicacy in the French fry form. Um, yeah. I think a lot more folks would, would be like, oh, sweet potatoes, sweet, literally. But I think they hear yams, and they're like, ooh. Yeah, I must admit, I'm, I kind of was wondering if there was something that wasn't a sweet potato that was a yam that I hadn't heard of, because I, I like sweet potatoes. See, I think that there, you know how, like, there are pachyderms, and, like, elephants and hippopotamus are both pachyderms, I believe, and they may be even rhinoceros. Um, but, like, you know, so like, I think sweet potatoes are a yam, but I don't think that... All yams are sweet potatoes. Understood. Like okay. one's a one's a phylum and one's a genus, so to speak. <laughs> um, 
Okay, now we're going to get into some, some ones that actually have some, some real votes behind it, okay? Right. Um, radio stations that, not, that, that, excuse me, that only play Christmas songs for the six weeks between Christmas and Thanksgiving, 8% of the vote, people said this very frustrating tradition. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's becoming a bit uh, dated. I mean, like, listening to the radio, just like turning it on in your car, I feel like <laughs> that's becoming sort of antiquated, almost like cute, because now you can just plug your phone into the auxiliary and listen to whatever the heck you want. Whenever the heck you so, want. Pretty soon, people will be like, "What? What is this question? What are you talking about?" Right. So. My so I saw a bygone tradition. My my uh, my hot take is: if your radio station is banking on a big six weeks of a completely different format each and every year to stay in the black, you to your to Anne's point, you're probably going out of business anyway. Um, I will say this was the only topic that was thrown out there in which somebody wrote instead of voting against it wrote. I actually love when they do that. So <laughs> to our buddy Marky Sal of Marky Sal Waldecor, I feel you, dude, and, and, and your affirmative vote, I think, is is well documented. And unfortunately, and go ahead, yeah. If I may add, I actually kind of, I mean, I don't listen to the radio that much, so, but I, I kind of like it. I'll keep it on sometimes. Yeah, okay. So again, 8, 8% of the vote. Okay, this next one got 8% of the vote too, but including you, you voted against this one. So... People yes. who have outlandish Christmas setups in their yards. <laughs> it's even worse when there's just no snow. So living in the South, <laughs> there's just these ridiculous, like, puffed up snowmen and snow globes and Santa sleigh. And and there's, like, flowers blooming and the grass is green. And it's just so silly. And then they let, they let the air out during the day and it just looks like there's been a massacre. A massacre like, of inflatable <laughs> snowmen. <laughs> Poor Frosty is like melted, but not. He's just out of air. Yeah. He'll be resurrected the following. Yeah, there's a, there's a. So you know, it gets dark out early right now, obviously, because we're into the shortest days of the year here. And uh, most of my running during the week is at night now because of when you know under the cover of darkness and all. And there's a family that has this weird old car in their yard that they put there for for Halloween, and they just <laughs> double downed on it and made it from like creepy mannequins to like. A Christmas motif with creepy mannequins. Oh, you can't do that. And it freaks, no, 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 it no. freaks me the F out to use my brother's favorite word when he appeared in the freestyle a few weeks ago. Um, and I, it's gotten me like twice where I'm like, people in the car. And I'm like, no, that's mannequins, creepy mannequins. Yeah. You cannot double up on the Halloween and Christmas decorations. It just doesn't work. You know what else you can't do? And this is what I hate the most from the people with the outlandish Christmas yard setups. The people who leave their lights and yard displays up until like January 27th. I dislike your actions the most, sir. You must move on. <laughs> Get ready for Groundhog Day. Get ready for Valentine's Day and a bunch of other fake holidays. You yes. gotta let it go after Little Christmas at the most. Yes. Let I it concur. go. After about January fifth, January sixth, it's time to take you're, that down. You're starting to reach a little. You're starting to reach. Yes. <laughs> okay. Continuing the buildup. Speaking of the buildup, this one was a write-in, but it got eight percent of the vote. Okay. <laughs> The build-up to New Year's Eve that ultimately ends in a crescendo of whiskey, <laughs> junk food, and watching the ball drop by yourself on your couch. 8%. Very sad. Man, that is... I'm, I'm really glad I didn't write that one. Though I did vote for it. Right. Though I did vote for it. Um, any hot takes on that one? Do you agree? Um, I've never really cared much for New Year's. As a kid, 
it was a really big thrill because it was one of two occasions in the calendar year that the Kennedy children were allowed to have soda. Mm. Uh, that and Fourth of July were real big. So the banner year of the Kennedy House. <laughs> exactly. Have some Coca-Cola um, Classic. So nothing will ever really match the excitement I had as a child of getting to have soda. And it was one of those two occasions you could have as much soda as you wanted. So, like, my brother literally, like, got sick, like, threw up from eating so many chips and drinking so much soda. I love it. Which is actually good because he he used his cheat day to reinforce not wanting those things for another six or seven months. Yeah. Um, because he literally barfed on like Ruffles potato chips and Diet Pepsi. Phenomenal. And, like, and Unofficial sponsors of the week. The, the red and orange sodas had a real heavy showing at our, like the Tahitian treat. Tahitian treat and orange crush should yes. be illegal. They should be illegal. <laughs> they're so bad for you, but they're so tasty. That, and that and Mountain Dew. We love the colorful sodas in the Kennedy house. I'll tell you what, the faker the color... Uh, the the better the better tasting and the worse it is for your insides and that's just real talk. Yes. Um, yep. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, I just want I have a couple things I want to say about this whole New Year's Eve thing. Um, so I agree. Um, I have been a part of some great New Years. I have been a part of some really crummy New Years. I have been a part of some like mail it in New Years. But um, I happen to be going to a New Year's Eve wedding this year. My first one. You're the second person of my acquaintance that is going to a New Year's Eve wedding. I don't think you're going to the same one, though. Okay, this one's in Charlotte, so probably not. Okay, yeah. No, this one's in New York, so gotcha. So there you go. But I think this might be an awesome way to spend New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got friends and acquaintances. Even if you're a tangential plus one, you know somebody, and everybody's in a right. good mood. Um, you've got free booze, free food. You don't have to drive. There's live music. There's a high probability of either cocktail shrimp or scallops wrapped in bacon during the cocktail hour. Um, what's not to like about this, right? Phenomenal finger food. So I would like to say this to the to because I assume this is going to be one of my best New Year's Eve ever, ever, just based on being a guest at a wedding. Um, to all the filibuster freestyle listeners, if you're going to get married next year. If you book it on New Year's Eve, invite me and I will do a sweet present and I will also do a live podcast from your wedding. Um, and in fact, anybody who wants to get married next year, period, if you want the freestyle to live podcast your wedding, I'm just throwing it out there. Philbusterfreestyle.com. Hit me up. Because um, who doesn't? I, I only wish that the days of the week had worked out because, of course, as you know, because you were there, my wedding was on December 28th. Yes. Which was the Saturday. And if it had been the 31st, you know we would have been right there. You would have been right there. Absolutely. And, and, and we would have had a great time because we had a great time on the 28th. Like, Indeed. I have a good time at pretty much every wedding I've ever gone to in my life. So to put that into a night that's full of pressure to have fun and, like, and a lot of expenses, too, usually. Like, you can get, like, super expensive on stuff that may yeah. not end up being worth it. That's right. So why would I rather pay, like, a $40 cover to get in some crummy bar with some, like, 23-year-old Duke and throw up in my shoes or <laughs> or throw on a suit, put on my dancing shoes, have some shrimp cocktail, and some dirty martinis. Thanks, but no thanks. I'll go to the wedding every time. Every time. Every, every goddamn time. day. <laughs> I did say Gosh. I did say damn, you but did. at least you I did not take, I did not take the Lord's name in vain, which is great around Christmas, of course. Now, yes. now, 
All right. So thanks for letting me get out off my off my chest there. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned it because Nicole, who was my other friend who's going to this New Year's Eve wedding, and I had the same discussion in which she was like, I'm actually really pumped because the, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Is this the great Nicole Bertucci? This is the great Nicole oh, Bertucci. Well, I, None look, other. I would tell her to say hi, but since it's a public show, maybe tell Nicole to listen because I'm going to give her a shout out. Nicole Bertucci. Absolutely. I will be thinking okay. of you, if you from don't afar. Tag her, I will. You know it. Boom and double boom. Okay, next tradition. Speaking of tagging, okay. And by that, I mean we're going to tag this next one. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good one. Buying presents for people solely because you're afraid they're going to get you something. That's 13% of the vote. That's our first double digit. You and I both voted for this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it kind of ties into one of my own, like on my list of like most aggravating traditions is the the obligatory gift purchasing yes. so i like getting gifts for people i care about i like getting gifts for my dogs you know people that i have like a relationship with yeah, I, I like getting a gift for i think that's cool but i just don't like the pressure of well i know they're gonna get me something or now that we have a child it's like well i know they're, that they're going to get something for our child, so we need to get something for their child. Oh, yeah. So it, it extends beyond the one level to the second degree of obligatory purchases, um, which I just don't love. It sounds like it's a Ponzi scheme, and when you have a child, you're like a level deeper instead of a level better. It's crazy. I, I hate to say it, but I think it's true. Man. Okay. So, and I'm with you. I just, the other thing is this like, I have been burned a couple times on, like, I don't know, like, you're dating somebody and like you're even if you're quasi serious or very serious but like you're it's still really it's, it's newish right and you're like okay I'll go to your your parents house on new year's eve or on boxing day or whatever and the next thing you know uh the the person's mother who you've never met has a present for you and you're like holy cow nice to meet you can't believe I just got a present from you this is awkward <laughs> And, you know, you're looking at the person. And I'll be sending you a fruit basket, you know? Yeah, I mean, oh, your presence, in, your, presence in the, your presence in the car, your card's in the mail. I'm a jerk. Right. I mean, you know, what you should have done is either tip me off that, hey, I'm getting you a present, so get me one too. Or you should right. do what real strangers do, which is shake hands, say nice to meet you, and then worry about if you're going to get a present for the person next year because, like, you'll have mm-hmm. known each other. So that's... I, uh, yeah, agreed. That shit stinks. Oh, I said the word. Oh, man, I said the S word. Well, you know what? Oh, Merry him. Christmas to me and to all good night. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. It's the worst. And my daughter is over here listening to you. Yeah, but she's... She's just judging she's you. She's not fluent in English yet, right? <laughs> no, she's working on a few other languages first. Bueno, muy bueno. <laughs> you are... You are uh, she's, a, she's a 21st century last, that is sure. Okay. Indeed. Uh, let's get to another one that got 13% of the vote. Anyone who uses the phrase... Tis the season. <laughs> I'm really surprised how many people voted for that one. I, that one was not posed. That one was like thrown in by somebody else. Oh, um, so that was a write-in? That was a write-in candidate, got 13% of the vote. Tis the season. What was funny is I read that choice, and then I was in the Harris Teeter, which is the local supermarket chain around these parts, and I literally had a lady who was like, Tis the season, and I'm like, mm, that's interesting. <laughs> I have absolutely said that and i will say it again i does not bother me and i know i've done it so i feel like as long as you say i think if you say it to um ironically or sarcastically especially i think you should use it with carte blanche Uh, that's allowed okay in that case i feel like i'm getting away with it 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with it. But to all the pundits who don't like Tis the Season, I have one thing to say to you. Tis the Season! <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> now, uh, this, one, this one I wanted to get your, ta- your take on because you actually just brought up your dogs. Yeah. Somebody also wrote this one in. People who bring their pets to pet stores for a picture with Santa. 13% of the time. <laughs> Did your dogs get a picture with Santa this year? No, our daughter didn't get a picture with Santa either because she doesn't like being held by anybody but us right now. Oh, so wow. why are we going to even go there and create that just lack of harmony okay. in the universe? What are your thoughts on pets, pet pictures with Santa? Uh, I, I have one, one friend um, who I actually like and think is a wonderful person who got her dogs a picture with Santa this year. So I guess I feel a little bit better about it than I would have if she hadn't. It's one of those things where if someone you like and they respect and admire does it, you're like, oh, well, I guess it can't be that bad. Correct. Now, my, my real question, because I don't feel strongly on this one, is, okay, you're a Santa Claus at, like, Petco. Is that the minor leagues of being a Santa or, like, a promotion to being a Santa? You know, like, because I feel like the mall Santa, like, you're dealing with kids, but, like, they're probably worse than pets. Like, is the real step up, like, oh, this guy's good with dogs and cats? Like, is that the Major League Santa? Is he getting more money, or is the dork at the mall getting more money? I don't know the answer. The guy at the mall's definitely getting more money. I, I don't know. I feel like the Santa with the pets, I'd probably, if I had to choose, I'd take being the pet Santa. Oh, yeah. Except that I'd have to deal with the owners of the pets, who probably might be, like, a little kooky. So, I don't know about that. So, you know, I guess what you're saying is you're substituting kooky kids for kooky parents, maybe. But right. at least you get to hold a bunch of cute dogs. The dogs are in cats and such. Yeah. Well, anyway, a really interesting writing candidate there, and it got a lot of traction, so I had to put it in there. <laughs> um, okay, here was the winner. And I'm not – the reason I think this one won is because whoever wrote it in wrote it very ambiguously, and I think people who feel both ways about this one voted for it. Okay, so the, the way it was phrased was people who talk about how saying Merry Christmas – isn't politically correct like they're a complete renegade. Okay. Now, great, great, like a funnily worded. It hits all the right buttons. Funnily, you know? funnily worded. I don't know if it was re- worded in a way in which I know what the, the author was trying to get at. 26% of the voters, so twice as many votes for this one as any other one. Now, there's two ways to look at this. This is somebody saying that you should be able to say Merry Christmas and the people who are holier than now and say you should say Happy Holidays. Uh, are jerks or the opposite. And I think people who felt yeah. both ways voted for this. So I guess the only thing is, which one are you more frustrated by? Do you have any energy around this? Can we break this one down at all? Because we, gotta, we have to help this person out. Oh, well, in my list that I compiled on the day that we talked about doing this podcast, so before you ever put out the crowdsourcing there on yep. social media, yep. um, I had on my list the annual bee fest about politically correct greetings. So I get annoyed with people on both ends of the spectrum. I think if you celebrate Christmas and you want to say Merry Christmas, you should. And people who don't celebrate Christmas really shouldn't get upset with you because they can just be polite. or And say Happy Holidays back to you, you know, like if that's what they want to do. Or Happy Hanukkah or whatever. But on the, on the flip side, if somebody says Happy Holidays to you, I don't think it is in any way appropriate to get upset. Because they are wishing you, well, 
they are hoping you have a happy holiday, right. um, which is in and of its essence a, a generous and benevolent thing. So I just don't like it when people on either end of the spectrum get all bent out of shape. That's completely fair. I think that's a very good, good, like a level-headed take too, which is like clearly if it's somebody that you know well, like you you know if they happen to celebrate Hanukkah or whatever, right? And if right. you don't, you're just being nice. Yeah, sure. Like just say what comes out. And if they're like, oh, I celebrate Hanukkah, be like, cool, man, hope it's a good one. Or if someone says the wrong holiday back to you, be like, yeah, you know, whatever. But you don't have to be like, keep Christ in Christmas. It's like, I mean, okay. Like, I, I get it. We should. But, like, let's relax. The guy, the person, I mean, JC was Jewish. He celebrated Hanukkah for all I know. So it's like... There you go. No, I don't know if he I actually. Know. I'm just all about keeping the good feeling flowing and not turning Christmas into like a political statement. Into like a, if we can avoid it on in, any level, right? Into, in, like you said, into a beef fest. I like that use yes. of beef fest. So, all right. So that was the winner. I mean, do you have any traditions that you hate more than any of those? Or not? Um, yeah. What do you got? We pretty much hit everything that I had on here. Oh, I do have one. I have one hot take that I I know you'll agree with me here, uh, and this is not limited to Christmas, but when, like, the treats that are, like, specific to one holiday start creeping into another holiday, and the example I'm going to give is Marshmallow Peeps, because (laughs) people belong at Easter, and it's just nonsense that they're creeping into Christmas store shelves, like, it's just ridiculous. Wait, 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 there are Christmas Peeps? There are Christmas Peeps, like, numerous different kinds, there's, like, snowmen, there's Christmas trees, it's like candy canes, I think. It's just... I, I mean, know. from a capitalism standpoint, I get why the people with peeps are doing it. The peeps the peeps are doing it. But, um, yeah, that's that's an Easter food, man. That's an Easter candy. Mm-hmm. It's an Easter thing, yeah. I mean, they're called peeps because they're little chickadees that are hatched from the eggs that the Easter bunny has, <laughs> which is weird because bunnies don't lay eggs. And if bunnies laid eggs, they wouldn't be little peeps. But whatever. Suspense of disbelief. <laughs> they don't belong at Christmas. Right. We can agree on that. Yeah, keep the Christ in Christmas and keep the Easter Bunny out of here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for summing it up. Put that on his stupid, ugly sweater and call me call me Shirley. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right. That's a great one, Anne. That's why, that's why you're the Christmas maestro. That's good stuff right there. All right. And the only other one that I do have yep. real quick is yep. the – this is a contribution from Ryan, who and I agree with him wholeheartedly, is the creation of those Hallmark TV Christmas movies. It's like using Christmas just as a reason to make bad movies. Oh, no like question about it. No question about you know, it. Why, why do that? It's like let's make a really crummy movie about par- parents getting divorced but make it in the winter and make it a Christmas movie. Like, yeah. Right. Thanks for just nothing. Starring yeah. Jenny Garth, formerly of 90210. <laughs> I P.S. Jenny Garth, I love you. You're welcome on the show anytime. Um, all right. <laughs> so, filibusterfreestyle.com is not all about the bah humbugs. We are not the Scrooges and the Grinches of the world only. I did want to take a moment for us to reflect on some of our favorite traditions. Um, so maybe we can go tit for tat for a few. I have like three-ish. Mm, yeah, I have three too. All right, cool. Why don't you start? Ladies first. Okay, here we go. Well, I'm here sitting here surrounded by my Christmas tree, which I put up to, well, put up yesterday. You decked the halls. Decked the halls. We have a fire in the fireplace, Oof. actual fire, Oof. which is awesome. In Texas. Uh, stockings are hung with care. Um, what else? We have a nativity scene set up. Like, I just dig the Christmas decor. Like, it's all cozy. It's, it's yeah, it's just my jam. So, That's I'm all cool. about that. I like that. So, you are in the zone, literally and figuratively, with Christmas right now. 
Yes. Right. Although the tree really has to be real for me to be in the zone. I like the smell. So Yeah, that smell is nice. I mean you could you could yeah. buy those like Yankee candle, Christmas tree scented candles, but but why half uh, why why half A it? You know, don't don't half ass it. Not the same. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well here's my first one, which is very, very like insular to just my own experience. But so every year since I can remember we you know, we were kids. My mom would take a picture of my brother and I at the top of the stairs before we like run down to see what our our, mm. our, our, our toys were. And obviously, mm. as you get older and you you know you move through the progression of Santa Claus and everything else, you know we kept doing it. And so we would, we've been doing it into our you know twenties and now thirties. Um, and you know, pets have come and gone. A couple of girlfriends have come and gone, but we keep doing it. So I, I, I enjoy doing it. I've actually never seen I don't think a single picture from any of the. <laughs> The 30 plus years you've been doing it, but ostensibly my mom has like 37 pictures of this. Now, the other thing and I would you know, can I just jump in here and say that your mother has continued to do this and cannot wait until there is grandchildren in said picture. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Laying it on pretty thick. And but yeah, thanks. But the second I have a kid now, so I'm allowed. Nice, nice. And the second part of that tradition is after the picture and after the, the exchanging of gifts and such. And the good cheer, my dad makes some like cash money omelets. Like my dad makes, he makes like six things well. Steak and omelets are two of them. And he makes some bomb out, bomb omelets. And um, I would just say that we, um, you know, we still may or may not be using the original pink Advent wreath candle that we had from my kindergarten year. We made Advent wreath in Catholic school. And uh, that was 1984. I think that candle, that candle is still the same candle. So that's a cool tradition. For all those reasons there. Um, Love that. What do you got next? Um, well, it kind of ties into your um, your dad's omelets, is that my mom like always bakes like specific stuff at Christmas, and I have picked up the tradition since I've not been at home for mm-hmm. the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So she makes this like uh, Christmas pastry. It's like a German Christmas stolen or something, oh, and it's so delicious. But that is just one thing, like the Christmas baking in general, like the food surrounding Christmas. Sure, sure. Oh my goodness, just you can't go wrong. I mean, you totally can. But I, I, distance, <laughs> I distance myself from from those things and try to eat only the good stuff. But it, any reason to just make cookies and eat treats? Like I'm, I'm on board. Nice, I'm feeling that. Uh, and our buddy Jeremy Johnson of Man Cook Good food blog. Y'all should check him out. I'm sure he's got some unbelievable Christmas meal preparation ideas. I don't have JJ's schedule, but I may try to dial him in this week if we can. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, That'd be worthy of a podcast. Like, no, just a, someone who's a professional, all about it. No doubt. Giving people some ideas. All right. A couple more here. Um, in our family for the last 10, 15 years, we've done like an extended family Yankee swap, white elephant, as they call it in some parts of the country, a Pollyanna, as they call it in Philadelphia. Listen, Philadelphia, I love you. That's a dumb name for a Yankee swap. Anyway. I've never heard it called that. Yeah, because you... Cool. My it, mom's from Your mom's Philly. from Philadelphia. You know why? Because she adapted to the rest of the world is calling it. Just like, actually, tangent, in Philadelphia, they still call going to the ATM Tapping Mac because the what? bank, M-A-C, like, was the first bank in the Philadelphia area to have an ATM withdrawal service. So only in Philadelphia will some people be like, oh, you'll go tap Mac real quick. No, no, no. You're not tapping That's- Mac. You're going to the ATM. Shut your mouth. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's, that's quirky. I'm getting very grinchy. I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, okay. So anyway, we do this Yankee swap. And one year, our good friend, the family Patty, brought a big bottle of peppermint schnapps. So this is like literally 15, 12 years ago. 
And that bottle of schnapps has made it back into our extended family Yankee swap like eight out of the last 10 years. So it is now almost a prize to get versus a booby prize to get. And so I just like that. A finely aged liqueur. Peach schnapps has become the, the du rigueur of our, of our annual Yankee swap. All right. What do you got next? My sister and I have this tradition, and we have had it since I was very small. She used to like read to me a lot when I was a kid because sure. she's like eighteen years older than me. So she was she was my buddy, and she'd read to me. And at Christmas time, we had a couple of these like short stories that we would read, and we sometimes we'd read like start early and read like a little bit of a Christmas Carol, like a little bit of Dickens um, for like the weeks leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve, we had these like special stories that we'd watch. We'd, we'd read. She'd read it, you know, to me and. Yeah, you know, whoever else was around. And we'd watch It's a Wonderful Life. And um, so I guess it's just like the, the Christmas like stories and movies. And I dig that. Kind of ties into the Christmas carols that we spoke about before. Like the, the sort of cultural aspect of it. I like that. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. I like that as well. That's not, that was nice. Um, yeah, I, I would say two things. One has popped into my head and I want to give props where it's due. So... You may remember last year our buddy Dan O'Brien came on the show and did a vignette-by-vignette vignette assessment of the movie Love Actually. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. So that is not one of my traditions. But my cousin Mike texted both Dan and I last night, and Mike's wife was watching Love Actually. And <laughs> Mike said, Jen is watching my Love Actually, which reminded me to tell you guys how much I hate you. And you're... <laughs> and, you know, I just, I just like hearing from my cousin Mike during the holidays. But, um, but anyway, the, my real third and final one was, um, for some reason, I just don't get into Christmas until, like, literally, like, Christmas Eve. And um, that's on me. But, like, the music, the music kind of, like, doesn't really, I don't sing Christmas songs until, like, Christmas Day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, like, I basically do Christmas songs until, like, Martin Luther King Day, like, in my head. Like, so it'll be, like, January 7th, and I'll be back at work, and I'll be, like, simply having a wonderful <laughs> Christmas. And I'm, like, whoa, wh where was the spirit two weeks ago, Gaff? Um, I say to my rhetorical self. But anyway, <laughs> so my tradition is getting into Christmas way too late and then finally catching the cheer a la the Grinch, and then it's too late, but I still have to, like, get, get the jams out. So that's, like, an internal the battle. Which is why I've started doing this podcast a little early to hopefully get me into the mood. I had my buddy Carl on, like I said. I was deep diving Friday night into Christmas songs by, like, rock bands. Um, yeah. You know, and, and now I feel like maybe this will help me avert that my January 7th Paul McCartney worst Christmas song ever, Head Radio. Because that crap stinks. I thought we decided that, uh, that I Met My Old Lover in the Grocery Store was, like, the worst Christmas song ever. Well, first of all, that's a New Year's Eve song. Oh, sorry. That song no, is... No, Snow is Falling, Christmas Eve. Oh, uh, but, but it's called All On Sign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but... Anyway, can I say, that song is the ultimate blow my brains out, <laughs> slip my wrists, and spontaneously combust all at the same time, Christmas jam. Yeah, totally. <laughs> called to our attention by none other than my mom last year, so... Again, a smart lady, a prescient lady... And I will say this, and I'm going, I'm going deep here, but it's fine. The only person I know who ever liked that song is literally the same ex-girlfriend I ran into last Christmas at the Guinness factory. Of course I did. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's the only um, person I can know. Can I just look back for a sec? 
to the fact that in the Kennedy household, in part because my parents are very old-fashioned and we're also very Catholic, yeah. we would put the Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve. Ooh, I like so that. So as a child, like, we held off on purpose, like, because it was like Advent. It was Advent up until it was Christmas. So you didn't want to, you know, get a jump on Christmas because that was Advent. So we would put the tree up on Christmas Eve and do all the decorating, and that was when all the, the fun stuff came out. So See, I, you... As an adult, would perhaps enjoy. The fa- I mean, I just put our tree up today, and it's kind of late. Like the, the the streets, or not the streets, the aisles of Lowe's were so sad. We went there to look for a tree on Friday, right? And it was just the most devastating scene. Like these limp little remnants of trees left. It was very sad. It's like the Charlie Brown Christmas trees. <laughs> yes, yes. The Home Depot is much better. Just yeah. Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor of the week. week, Home Depot, for all your Christmas tree needs. Yep. Hooked us up with a real nice tree, even mm. though it's a week before Christmas. Holler, city of squalor. Um, <laughs> but no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I like that. Um, and that yeah. was, the city of squalor was a reference to, uh, I think, Hangover 2. So that was kind of random. Anyway, all right, and do you have any other traditions you want to cover today? <laughs> um, I think that's it. I'm, I'm pretty much. Uh, Pretty much out of out of luck. Yeah, make sure I had to get make sure everyone knows that the Kennedy family. We did wait until Christmas Eve, and like all, when I was little, all my friends would be like, "Why don't you have your tree up yet?" And I'd be like, "Well, it's Advent. It's just the way we do things. <laughs> it's the third week of Advent. Pink candle. <laughs> yeah. You gotta hold out. You gotta hold but out. I do remember just never being more excited than I was on Christmas Eve as a kid because literally all the fun stuff happened on. The yeah, I mean, way to way to like save it and make it a festival, right? I like that. Um, all right, oh, let, very me, memorable. let me do this. I am going to hit the outro song, and we will catch up for a few. But much love to you and Ryan and Susie and the whole clan. And uh, right back at you. Have a and merry, a merry holidays. And a Merry Christmas and, and all good wishes to everybody out there. See, as, as uh, Paul Rudd says, to paraphrase from I Love You, man, see you in 2017 or I'll see you one another time. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ann. Bye, P.S. Feel free to put the baby in the screen while we dance. Oh, hey, Ryan. Hey, little Susie. Oh, yeah. Probably need a video podcast.